This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes Podcast. You're tuning in to episode number 55. And on this episode, we have a guest you've heard before, and many of you out there will know who he is. Um, he is the director of the PEOC, and uh, joining us uh, on the phone is Zach Roberts. Zach, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me again. It's good to be here. So, Zach, uh, you obviously have a, a very well-known camp, and I think many out there will know about it, certainly on the USA Hockey side. It's, it's a big attraction, so just tell us how are things going with the camp. You're a few months ahead of, uh, ahead, ahead of the event. Uh, how are things going? Things are looking, things are looking very well. Um, this is by far our, our best year as far as uh, registrations, especially early on. Uh, we're still a few months away from, from our first camp, uh, but uh, couldn't be more pleased with, with where we are as far as applications and registrations uh, coming in here. So I know a lot of guys are still on the ice um, right now with, with playoffs and especially with USA Hockey uh, having their amateur Tier 1 and Tier 2 national tournaments. So um, as these seasons wind down and guys are stepping off the ice for the last time for the season, I know that we'll get a lot more attention um, as we move further into the spring here. So looking forward to it. Yeah, and I know uh, you know we follow you guys on social media, and I, I know you guys have announced a lot of big guests, and I don't want to spoil it for the listener. So just tell us that you know for the for those listening, I mean, who who are some of the names you guys are bringing in as uh, as instructors? Well, this is uh, by far our our best season uh, as far as the names that we're bringing in as far, uh, with our instruction staff, as well as the guests that are coming in from different leagues and, and associations from across North America. So. Um, with, with our instruction staff, we have uh, verbal commitments from uh, Furman South, current uh, National Hockey League referee, uh, Brandon Blandina, who just worked last week uh, his first NHL game. He's also a uh, American Hockey League referee. Um, myself, uh, Ray King, uh, Dennis Urban, all current American Hockey League uh, officials, um, and a couple of of officials who are currently on the ice working uh, minor league hockey and junior hockey throughout the country. Uh, Randy Dangler, J.R. Streger, um, a lot of guys working uh, in the SPHL, North American League, USHL. Um, so we have kind of, uh, from the instruction staff side, uh, a lot of different looks from a lot of different levels, whether it be currently working junior hockey or uh, single-A professional hockey moving up to double-A and uh, with the ECHL and, and with the American Hockey League all the way up the ladder to the National Hockey League. But it's good to get feedback from those guys, but from our, from our top-level camp, from the Prospect Showcase camp, it's, it's best, and those guys are coming to that camp to get scouted. Mm. And that's where this year we're more proud than ever to have um, guests coming to camp to scout and evaluate and provide feedback to our participants from a wide range uh, of leagues and levels. Um, we're, we're happy to have uh, Scott Zelkin and uh, USA Hockey's Efficient Development Program back on board uh, as a development partner and having uh, Keith Caval and Scott Perdue uh, come out um, to both the advanced and the prospect showcase camp to have uh, 
uh, ODP representation there to, like again, scout and evaluate our participants and, and uh, give them some feedback and hopefully lead them on the right direction and, and see if they can make some additions to their staff uh, for the 1920 season. Um, but one of the big things that we just announced it uh, last week was uh, the ECHL, uh, we received three verbal commitments from officiating administrators, one being Stephen Thompson, who's the current uh, manager of officiating with the ECHL, Joe Ernst, the senior uh, vice president of hockey operations uh, with the ECHL, and Jim Doyle, who's been uh, an officiating development coach uh, with the ECHL for a number of years, have all given us commitments to attend uh, our prospect showcase camp. So uh, a lot of excitement on our end. Uh, a lot of excitement on our participants' end um, as we gear up here for our camps in June. Yeah, and like, I mean, how? What's the trick to getting all these big names? To do you guys have some secret sauce that you that really makes it so special for all these 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 top level guys to attend? I mean, what's the what's the what's what's the secret? I guess to getting all these big names to 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 attend the, these camps and these programs. Well, a lot of it goes into our tenure. We've been around. This is we're entering um, our seventh season on the ice uh, this year and. Um, I'm lucky enough to be uh, in working leagues where these these people are at. I, I talk to, to Joe Ernst on a regular basis in the East Jail, and um, Jim Doyle and I um, are pretty close. He's been to three of our programs in the past, um, and um, and when it comes to USC Hockey's fishing development program, um, I, I Keith Caval and I are, are good friends, so he and I are in, in communication throughout the season. Uh, about some of the officials that are working for him uh, in the North American League and trying to move up, uh, whether it be from the NA3 to the NA or the NA to the USHL. So um, just with the, the friendships I've made over the years, whether it be on the ice or with these programs, with PEOC, I've been able to, to network and communicate with a lot of different people from a lot of different leagues, uh, from a lot of different places. So um, they recognize the success we've had. And if you look at our website, uh, under the advancement tab at peocamps.com, there's so many officials who have come through our programs that have graduated into junior collegiate professional um, leagues throughout North America. So I think uh, they recognize the the uh, the things that our program has to offer at PEOC and recognize that a lot of people make their way uh, into junior professional and collegiate hockey out of our programs and and uh, are willing to, to spend the time and resources to to attend our camps to scout those individuals for those those next levels of hockey. Yeah, and I, I think it's a, it's a big credit to you guys and the work you're doing. And certainly, like I say, we, we see out there that you guys get a lot of people going and people are very excited to, to, to attend these. And I, I'm just curious, I know that you have a variety of programs. I mean, for the officials out there that may be listening, I mean, how do they know which program might be best for them? I know you, like you say, you have a you have a few different options. I mean, what, what's kind of a... What's kind of the if you're if you're an, a new an official coming in or you know you're looking to reach those next levels? I mean, how do they figure out which program may, might be best for them? We actually it's a good question. We actually tried to narrow it down a little bit more. We had uh, kind of a vague um, camp structure last year because we, we want people to self place. We don't want to tell people you have to do this in order to go to this camp. Um, so this year we kind of structured structured it a little bit more. Uh, we made our development camp into a youth development camp, so it's only seventeen and under for that camp because those officials typically will not work in USA hockey at the, at the tier two level will not be working a three or a four official system that often at that age. 
and they need to hone their skills at the two official systems. So that's what I'm really focusing on for that camp is the 17 and under system. They're going to be working some games if you develop a camp of the 10U, the 12U, the 14U level. Um, so they'll get some feedback and really hone their skills and, and kind of hook the master that two official system. The advanced camp is, is always our biggest camp as far as enrollment. Um, and it's kind of a place where um, if you're not quite sure you're ready for the prospect camp or if you know you're not truly a prospect but you still want to get something out of officiating and have a good camp weekend meet a lot of new people from a lot of different places and get some feedback from a lot of a lot of higher end and uh, higher level officiating administrators um, that camp uh, this year will be working some some U16 and U14 hockey um, uh, giving those games videotape providing some feedback to those officials um, and then from there again you have two groups of people that come to the advanced camps you have those that are trying to, to dip their toe in the water and see if they're ready maybe for the next level and see where they kind of stack up against other people um, from throughout the country. And then you have those that maybe a little bit uh, more on the veteran side that just want get to get a few tips and get a couple items of feedback from some, from, from some scouts and administrators and take that back home to where they're from and, and you know, maybe even give that knowledge to some of the young kids back home. So um, that's, that's why that's always our biggest biggest uh a camp now the prospect showcase camp uh that camp really is for those individuals who feel they're ready to take the next step um in their officiating careers whether it be from what they're doing now and trying to get into the odp or if they're already in the odp in usc hockey trying to move up uh or trying to, to to break uh break into the pro level uh this year having uh administrators from usc hockey's development program uh, the American League, uh, the ECHL, some NCAA Division One and Division Three conferences, having people there representing all sorts of levels um, is really the big draw for um, our participants becoming and returning to PEOC year after year. So this year, like I said, we try to break it up a little bit more and provide a little bit more detail for those that are looking to uh, register for our camps and um, we're looking forward to uh, another great year. And like I think we talked about this last time we we chatted on the podcast, but like you know for the for the guys and girls that like have already applied and they're they're excited to go to the camp. I mean, what are you telling them a few months out? You know, is is it, hey guys, you know, really master the rule book. Hey, you know, hit the gym. I mean, what what's what sort of questions do you get? What you know, how do they get prepared for the camps to really maximize the exposure they're getting? Um, it's different for each level. Um, the youth camps, we just we just tell their moms and dads to have them there on time for the post party. Um, try to make sure that they're they're ready to go and they bring their rule books and we'll have a couple of rule quizzes. That's the one thing with the youth camp. We're really just trying to have fun with them and, and make sure the kids realize that officiating is not just all about highly caffeinated moms and dads screaming at you at 8 a.m. in the Pee Wee game. If you can't have fun with this, um, there's a little bit of team involved and a little bit of camaraderie that can be had. Um, and just try to bring a smile to their face while they're on the ice uh, officiating hockey games. The advanced camp, again, like I mentioned, it's a very wide range. Uh, we don't do any off-ice testing. We don't do any physical testing. Um, we just want everyone that comes to that camp to be a little bit more self-aware of where they are, what their abilities are in officiating, and even if it's just a little bit, just get a little bit better. Um, so we're in constant communication there with them uh, once the registration period ends, getting them prepared for camp and um, getting travel arrangements finalized, and, um, hotel arrangements, and um, locker room and facility arrangements at the, at the arenas. Um, and for the prospect showcase camp, it's, 
I leave it up to them. Um, I think we do a pretty good job explaining what they should expect at camp on the website. Um, but we just tell them to be both mentally uh, and physically prepared. Uh, at that camp, we do uh, some on-ice uh, skating testing, um, some on-ice conditioning testing, as well as off-ice fitness and conditioning testing. So um, it's, it's important that those individuals that are attending that camp to be both uh, ready for, for on the ice and off the ice uh, modules. So, so again, we do our very best to, to prepare everybody for camp. Uh, there's a lot more communication that will go out to our registered participants once the uh, registration period ends here in a couple weeks. Um, but we make sure everybody's, everybody's ready to go once camp begins. Yeah, and like, I think it's a credit, like I said, to, to, the, to the quality of program you guys have really put together. And uh, before, I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your career. I know you have a game tonight, but the uh, last question I have for the, for the camps, I mean, I know when I went to officiating camps when I was younger, I mean, you, you know, you'd see the same folks year after year. I'm curious, from your perspective, have you seen, you know, guys and girls that have started out at your camp just beginning to their officiating careers and have really progressed in, over years to, to really reaching those higher levels? Is that, is that satisfying for you to see? Uh, it's, it's actually probably one of the best things you see do, administering these camps. And it's always fun for me to go into the website, you know, during the season as we get closer to that, that August, September, October, when these leagues start publicizing their officiating rosters. And you look at ECHL.com, some of the PEOC registrants uh, and participants from years prior that you get to upload to the website um, that made the ECHL roster. You go to the AHL.com and the same thing happens. You see some guys that came to PEOC one, two seasons ago. You get to put their name to the website. Um, and the same thing with communicating with, with Keith Cavall and Scott Zelkin with North American League and uh, the USHL and, and the SPHL doing the same thing for those levels. So um, that's that's the reason I do it. Like I told you last time we spoke, the reason I started this camp um, years ago now was to allow people an opportunity to come for scouts and evaluators and officiating administrators to be here to watch them skate. So I have to bring everyone together to a central location um, for the purposes of getting better and, and getting some exposure so they can showcase their abilities to the people that are here to see them skate. So, um, but absolutely, one of the, one of the most uh, exciting things and one of the best things that uh, uh, operating and running these camps year after year is, is looking to see who's, who's moving up um, from coming out of our programs. Yeah, and I think that's pretty cool. And I would imagine, you know, a big part of the reason they're moving up is because they can learn these skills at your camps. And uh, like I said, I wanted to shift a little bit to figuring a little bit, more, you know, a little bit more about you. And I know, I think our last podcast we talked a bit about your career. Um, we were talking off the air that you're actually heading to a, a pretty, uh, pretty big game tonight. Uh, for the listeners, where where are you heading? Uh, heading up to Cleveland. Actually, uh, one of my best friends um, and one of the uh, other directors of. Uh, the Pittsburgh Elite Officiating Camps. King and I are going to work the lines, which maybe for the last time for the season up in Cleveland tonight. Uh, they're playing Lehigh Valley and, and what has turned into a, a very big game um, as far as uh, getting close to the playoff push here. So I'm um, excited to be up there and excited for for the playoff atmosphere as we, as we have the uh, last couple of weeks of the regular season upon us. Yeah, and like just to, for the listeners out there, I mean, I mean, again, I don't know a ton about uh, about uh, Cleveland, but I'm, I'm I'm assuming they've had some pretty high level teams. I mean, what kind of atmosphere do you expect going to that building? I mean, just just walk us through. I mean, getting to officiate in a place like that. Well, I, to be honest with you, um, having having worked in a lot of buildings throughout my career, Cleveland uh, is probably the closest thing to an NHL uh, 
arena experiences you're going to have. Uh, they play where the Cleveland Cavaliers play right downtown. They have great crowds on the weekends. Um, their, uh, their production team is, is second to none. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic atmosphere. And uh, I'm not from Cleveland. Obviously, I'm from Pittsburgh, but Cleveland certainly seems like a, like a hockey town, especially when they get uh, 13, 14, 15,000 people in that building for a few of these games every year. It, uh, it really makes it uh, feel like uh, the highest level of professional uh, hockey experience. So it's always exciting to go up there, especially on a weekend night. Expect a big crowd. Uh, love working with Ray, so excited to get on the road here in just a couple of hours. And so for somebody working like, you know, a level like that, I mean, you know, we often talk about the regular season, the way you approach a regular season game, and then a playoff game, the way you approach a playoff game. Is there that in-between where it's it's this game that might have playoff implications that, that changes something for you? I mean, do you approach it differently than you would any other regular season game? Um, all in all, no. I, I, think it's, I think it's important to, to try internally and mentally to try to keep on an even keel throughout the game, throughout the season. Um, you know, we all say that, you know, it's telling the first period, telling the third period, and the game in October is as important as a game in March or April. Um, especially from a linesman standpoint, um, we just got to make sure we're consistent. Um, we're consistent on our icings. We're consistent, especially on our face-offs and our communication with the centers. Um, again, especially in pro hockey, uh, those guys are getting paid a lot of money to take face-offs. And we want to do everything we can to, to make sure that uh, they're in there for, for the face-offs that they're paid to take. So um, until the communication breaks down, we have no other options, especially with the heightened awareness of face-offs the past two seasons. Um, I don't think it'd be smart to to put a lot uh, more pressure on yourself. Uh, I think it's important to, to just do what's, what's gotten you to this point in your career and continue uh, to do that uh, to uh, hopefully be successful in, in each and every game. And I have a good, uh, maybe it's a tough question, I don't know for you, but I mean, certainly, you know, as linesman, you know, uh, depending on whatever league and you want to hit the standard of that league expects, but for you, and I know you're, you're, you're very familiar working with the partner you are tonight, but I'm wondering for you, you go into an AHL game or, or whatever, and you know you have your set standard, but you might find that your partner is setting something of a different standard. How do you approach that? Do you kind of, is it each to their own, so to speak, or do you, do you chat about balancing it out to make sure you're more even? I mean, how do you navigate that working with a linesman partner? Um, I think a lot of it, big help, especially in the AHL level with media timeouts, there be times where you're not familiar with the, the partner that you're working with. Uh, they may be an NHL lineman that's on a, on a minor league contract. Um, or they may be working their first AHL game. Um, so I think the media timeouts help you a lot. You kind of get a sense of the first few face-offs of where you kind of come together. Uh, and you can have a discussion about, hey, you know, I'm real tight with the guys with their feet, making sure they're in the L's, or you know, I'm, real, I'm, real, I'm real strict. I make them pause for, you know, a little bit more than a second or half seconds when they come down. And after the first few face-offs, especially after the first few media timeouts, uh, it's, it's you and your partner are on the same page. I've been having a couple discussions. I think that helps uh, being able to talk there between the benches while, while TV or the radio is away. So I think that's probably the best way, if you're not on, on, on completely on the same page, to, to try to merge your two standards together. 
Yeah, and I think that's that's a great point, and it's certainly like you know something that that, that I think at your level that that's 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 key. I would I would assume in, in really making sure that you're you're working successfully as a team. And I'm just curious. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Zach. But uh, you know, I think you're a guy that's been been around and has been officiating high levels of hockey for a long time. I'm just curious if if you have any funny stories or encounters over the the past many years that stick out to you uh, in terms of officiating. Well, you know what I do. And uh, I think they're better left uh, unsaid. I don't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the rating is uh, for for listening to the podcast. So I'll keep those secrets between me and those officials and those stories that uh, took place. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's probably too many to recount. I mean, I've been doing this now. I think this is my 11th or 12th year in the ECHL and seventh, eighth in the American League. Uh, and working, I was working college hockey since I was like uh, 20 years old. So. There's probably too many to recount, and I wouldn't do uh, any of them uh, service by just picking one of them. So I'll leave that one go. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. We had a podcast last <laughs> night with a couple guys. They said they like to drink a lot of Powerade on the road trips. And I, I don't know if Powerade oh. was, a, was a code word for something, but, hey, you know, leave, leave it up to the imagination. But, uh, anyways, yeah. no, that's, that's awesome. And uh, I'll leave you one last question, too. I mean, like, you know, you're obviously no no rookie when it comes to these road trips. You said you had you had a two a two hour plus road trip coming up tonight to get to your game in Cleveland. I mean, is there any tips over that long career to make these road trips a little easier? I know you got a good buddy in the car here, but you know, how do you how do you how do you? I guess what's the key to making the road trips a little easier? Uh, well, the invention of the uh, hands free uh, phone certainly helped uh, <laughs> years ago. Um, but I think that's honestly key, like just eating healthy. Uh, whether I mean, we have. Like, in Pennsylvania and Wawa, so you're, not, you're not having to stop at McDonald's or Burger King to get a meal late night. Uh, but then being able to talk, like I, I can guarantee I'll talk to once Ray and I split and go in different cars today. If, if I'm feeling sleepy or if he's feeling sleepy, I guarantee you that we'll, we'll be able to call one another and and uh, and talk and and you know get back get back to being awake and making it safely home. But it's not just Ray; it's I'm sure I could call anyone tonight that I've worked with over the past number of years. Uh, at different levels of hockey, just to have a chat with them to make sure we get home safely, because um, that's the most important thing. But we're, we're getting out close to being out of the winter weather now. Hopefully, I don't have to worry about snow mm. coming home on the turnpikes anymore, which is good. Um, so that that was a, that's obviously a problem going from uh, from Cleveland up there by Lake Erie is always uh, adventurous coming home at night sometimes. So yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't want to get I don't want you to give away any trade secrets here, but. Uh... You know, for the listeners listening, I mean, for these road trips, how do you determine who's going to be the driver? Who's stuck driving? Who's not? Is there a, is there a veteran rule, or how does it work? Uh, it, it, it depends. Sometimes we just switch off. Sometimes we'll meet in a certain spot and trade off, but it usually works itself out throughout the season. Uh, if I'm skating with Ray, we may meet a certain place, and I'll drive one time, and he'll drive our time. And, you know, and He and I still work together not only in the American League, but uh, in the Big Ten as well. So sometimes we do that. If our if our routes cross paths, but uh, him coming from Erie and me coming from Pittsburgh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So um, it all it always seems to balance out at the end of the year. So they always make it work. No, that's awesome. And uh, hey, Zach, we uh, we know you're you get uh, you're busy and you got lots going on. Uh, you know, uh, as we always on each podcast, and I, I know we did in the last one, we'd love to hear just advice you have for the for the listeners out there. I know it's playoff time for a lot of officials, particularly those working junior hockey and high level hockey. Uh, do you have any advice, I guess, approaching these playoffs? Yeah, you know what? I just kind of kind of go back to what I said earlier. Uh, I wouldn't put any added pressure on yourself. I, if you're getting selected for playoff assignments especially as you move forward in the playoffs, 
you were selected to advance for a reason, and it's doing what you did all season to get you there. So my advice to you would not be to change much about what you did. I, I maintain you know, the game day plan and the travel plan, whatever you did on the ice, and the way you communicate with players and coaches, whatever it was that made you successful throughout the regular season that got you to the playoffs and then hopefully get you to the next round of the playoffs or the next round of the playoffs, continue doing what made you successful and hopefully that success continues to move forward. Hey, that's that's great advice, and that's why you run uh, run the camps here because you, you're a goldmine of advice here, Zach. That's <laughs> that's got to be the key to it. But uh, hey, we really appreciate it. And uh, uh, last thing for those li- for those looking to get to your camp and to sign up, how, how what's the best way for them to, to find out more information, register? Uh, head over to uh, peocamps.com. Um, there you can find all the information about each camp: the youth camp, uh, the advanced camp, and the prospect showcase camp. Um, the camps start the last weekend of May and run um, through the uh, next to last weekend of June. Uh, a big thing for our participants this year is uh, obtaining USA Hockey's uh, officiating department seminar credit uh, for the 1920 season. So if you're a level three, uh, new or returning, or level four uh, USA Hockey official uh, and you attend PEOC, that will count towards attending a seminar for the 1920 season. So uh, head over to peocamps.com. Uh, for the dates, locations, and details. And uh, hopefully we see a lot of uh, people that are listening to this podcast attending PEOC in June. Yeah, and uh, I swear, I keep I keep saying this is the last question, but I, I do I did notice on your social media that you do have a lot of uh, uh, folks outside of Pittsburgh attending. I mean, is there any sort of uh, exotic locations that kind of popped up that blew your mind? or Actually, two this year. So we, as of right now, and this actually had nothing to do with you calling me, they actually look doing some homework. Uh, earlier this morning when I got into the office. Right now, and again, uh, we're in the end, nearing the end of March, early April, we are at 17 different states, uh, two different Canadian provinces, and we are also in uh, Australia and the United Kingdom that people attending from wow. this year. So uh, we're looking forward to getting to know those individuals and hearing some feedback from them about their experiences uh, in officiating hockey overseas and I, I'm, I'm really excited about this year. There's a lot of different people from a lot of different places, whether it be the guests, whether it be the instructors, whether it be the participants. And then once we get all together, it should be, uh, should be a great time this year at camp. And uh, that's, that's awesome. And props to you for, for getting that international exposure. And, um, again, credit to you for all the work you've been doing. And uh, thanks a lot, and best of luck with the camps. And uh, we hope to chat uh, sometime soon. Absolutely. And thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, team Stripes is uh, – a sponsor of the uh, presenting sponsor of the uh, prospect showcase camp. So happy to have you on board and work with you for some of the material uh, heading into that camp. Awesome, and uh, we're happy to do it. And uh, yeah, we we are behind you guys and keep up the uh, the great work. Thanks, you too, Brent. Take care. 